Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. And it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water, or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes. Welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Finneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs, like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. This week, my guest is my colleague, Jane Fryman, our own sort of in-house food kitchen and home trends advisor. So hi, Jane, and welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Denise. Thank you. I love that intro. <laughs> oh, that came from the heart. I really meant that. I feel very, very lucky. I mean, to have known you for 30 uh, years, I'll just round that down up. I mean, uh, from Campbell's Soup. And now with both of us, me with this little passion project and you with your own business, it, it, it's great that we're able to continue connecting and, and sharing knowledge. So I know fourth time's a charm. This is your fourth time on the show, I believe. Why don't you just remind everybody a little bit who you are and what you're up to? Yes. Well, it, I'm thrilled to be back and it's four times it's gone fast. But what I do is I have a virtual test kitchen. So I do everything a normal test kitchen would do in a large company, develop recipes, test products, help clients think through um, recipe strategies and content strategies. But one of my favorite parts is um, trend tracking and watching the trends and talking to people and understanding what they're doing and then see where the future of the home and the kitchen is going. And so I've been lucky enough to, for the last four years, to have partnered with WIT, 
which is a health and wellness-based home with the foundation of technology that unlocks this health and wellness in the home. And I've helped them curate products for the kitchen. So that has been a lot of fun. And, and I'm very excited to announce that WIT, as part of the Lake Nona Institute, uh, with the Wellness Tech Ventures, is sponsoring a competition looking for the next generation of innovation in health and wellness in home. And so as of right now, they're collecting people and, and um, taking entries into this event up until September 30th. So if anyone might have an idea and want to enter up until September 30th, you can. There will be in November a day of demo and sharing these ideas. And then what I think is exciting is the winner will receive $10,000 plus their product will be placed in the living lab of the Wit House and get to be used and tested. So that's very exciting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. So let's pause there because that's really cool. And I was like, wait, do I have any innovative inventions? And the answer is no. But I wish I did. You have mentioned the WIT House, and that's an acronym, W-H-I-T. Yes. It's in Florida before yes. on the podcast. Now, how did you get involved in this contest? And what exactly do people have to do? Again, do they have to, they reach out to you? Yes. So those two so things. I'm actually one of the judges. There's about 10 or 12 judges, and I am actually one of them. And they, the judges come from very diverse backgrounds in the medical field, in health and wellness, in uh, designers, architects. My area of expertise is, you know, how people are cooking. And so we'll be looking at these ideas and um, coming up with a winner. Um, for more information of how you can uh, participate, um, yeah. I'm going to ask that people send me an email and I can send them the link for that. For that, And uh, this is the first year we're doing, that WIT is doing this. So it's going to be exciting to see how it does. Very exciting. Love that. Love that. But you know, I love the trends too. So let's get, let's get into them. What are you going to start off with? I'm going to start off with cooking. So today I'm going to talk about three areas. So cooking will be one area, food trends, another area in the kitchen. And you know me, I could talk forever on them. So I'm going to try to keep them brief, but, and very pick out uh, some different areas within these uh, larger buckets. So starting with cooking, I have to say, I am seeing some really interesting changes in how people are getting the recipes they make and the ideas that they're going to um, make in the kitchen and, and cook. So for many years, many, many years, it's been very consistent that people go to a couple different sources to get their ideas. And there was some dramatic changes at the start of the internet where the internet really became a large source. But truly, the first place everyone goes to is friends and family. Why? Because you trust them. You know, you can go back and ask them any questions if you should not understand the recipe. You've tasted it before usually. So you've got some understanding of it. And they 
truly work for the most part. And that's because they're so trusted and they've been made many times. And as I said, you've got, you know, the person that you can always ask a question. What is interesting is with TikTok now exploding in the food area, in the last year and a half or so, the TikTok TikToks that are focused on food are huge. You're seeing them constantly on Instagram, the reels, food reels, you know, and people are making these dishes. Now, what's happening is they're a great, a great place for ideas, but they don't always give you all the information because it's this short form video. So it leaves a lot of questions. And so a lot of times people try these things at home and they don't work. And they don't have a person that they can ask. I mean, they could instant message or, you know, DM, but will they really get an answer? And not all these things are fully vetted, like a recipe that your friends and family would make, or you might get from a test kitchen, you know, from a food company. So it's an interesting phenomenon that the social media has really risen to this second place of getting the ideas. And then after the social media and TikTok, it's internet searches, which has been internet searches for the past 10 years, where you'll say, I've got ground beef and I've got mushrooms. What can I make? Or what's the best beef stew recipe? And you'll get, you know, your answer. Then there's trusted recipe sources. So it could be the kitchen or smitten kitchen or any, all recipes, any of those places you can get, you know, ideas that's in the number a fourth spot. And then the final spot is cookbooks. And cookbooks has consistently been on there. Now, there are some people that don't even use cookbooks, but then there's a huge following of people that collect cookbooks, read them, you know, in their spare time. Or there's the how-to cookbooks, you know, how to boil water, where you're very informational. And cookbooks have evolved into electronic cookbooks. So some of those sites you know, offer cookbooks or some of the magazines offer cookbooks. So cookbooks hold that fifth place. But what's interesting and what I'd like to um, counsel my clients on is having a combination of recipes that are thoroughly tested and you know are foolproof and really will sell your product, but then sprinkle in some recipes that are, you know, short form videos that are a little bit more gimmicky or, you know, getting that awareness of your product, but get them to use the recipes that have been thoroughly tested because that's what's going to win over your home cook and get used in, you know, often again. And that's what's important. If you are a food company and you're an ingredient, you want them to use your product and you want them to have success. Even if you're an appliance company, you want them to use your appliance and have success. These ideas that they make and don't work, well, they get frustrated. They've wasted ingredients. They don't have the meal they need to have, you know, that they're making for. And so for an appliance, what they'll do is if they have too many failures, they won't use you again. It'll get returned. And then the manufacturer has to take that back or it'll just get put in a um, cabinet, a drawer, and it will never get used again. And that home cook won't look kindly on you. You know, they'll say, ah, I've 
spent all this money and I never used it. So the whole idea of having something that works and that delights them and makes them feel good, they'll use it more often. So that combination, I think, works really well because you get some of the interest and the sort of gimmick and awareness, but you have those hard-hitting working recipes for you that have been thoroughly tested and developed. Yep. Yep. Sage advice there. I want to just dial in on one thing you said. I mean, well, a podcast would be remiss without the words generative AI or, you know, chat GPT in there. But you had, you had touched on it earlier when you were saying like, um, you know, how I want a recipe or what do I, what can I do with ground beef? You might've said, and I was hearing somewhere on a podcast, maybe it's one of the delivery services where you can go in and say, look, I want to have uh, a barbecue this weekend for 30 people. And I wanted to feature, uh, you know, women owned businesses and blah, 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 and give it a little bit more direction than you might be able to do on, uh, you know, today, these days. And then, you know, maybe, I don't know exactly what it would give you back, but I'm assuming it would feature the full event, products, recipes, things like that. And maybe even a link to buy those products, right, is what I'm hearing. I may have made up a little bit of that. I'm not sure. But I wondered, like, what would that be considered when, when, because I know your source is, is it called Chicory? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder when you come back, where like that would live with that, that would still be what internet searches? Yes, it would be internet searches. And you know, what's interesting, Denise, is AI, you need to educate AI. So, and I did in a past life, work with a program that early on um, was, it would, I would actually teach it how to cook. And so you would have information because really AI has to learn. If it, once it learns, it should be able to give you a lot of information. And where it's successful right now is in the medical area because it can pour through a ton of data and be able to, when the doctor questions, asks certain questions, it should be able to give you an answer. And the more it, it reads, and the more you use it, the better it gets. And that's the same principle when you're teaching AI how to cook. And what it's very interesting because it's extremely literal. Unfortunately, cooking isn't always literal. It is ingredients that sometimes you might think they go together, but they don't always go together. And so you have to, at this point, I haven't seen it become perfect yet. It can give you some guidance and it can sort of lead you in that way. But for recipe development, it isn't there yet. But the example you gave about maybe creating a dinner party, it could once it gets to know you and know the things you like, it could suggest these recipes. You tell them the time of day, it could suggest these recipes. It could suggest maybe these decorations. And, you know, if you're, you know, what are the cocktails you want to serve or the drinks, you know, it can help you sort of put it together. 
but uh, I haven't seen examples of that yet in the marketplace, but that is an area it could help. Um, you know, it's great for, um, like it's a, you know, writing things. So if you have, you know, an idea, it can sort of streamline and it can, you know, help you be a better writer. Um, but again, with recipes, there are so many little nuances that it needs still a lot of training and it's very time consuming to train. Yeah. Thank you for both of those points. So true. So true. All right. You mentioned dinner, dinner party and drinks and now I'm getting hungry, but I know you want to talk about food trends next. Yes. So Let's do it. I've been watching about 10 overarching food trends, but we don't really have time to go into all 10. So I'm going to focus on three of them. But the 10, just so you know, the first one is tin food. And I'll explain this a little bit more later. Non-alcoholic spirits, uh, mushroom mania, um, floral and botanical flavors, uh, hot, hot honey. So it's the sweet and the heat, but it's come in the form of honey. So that's sort of been there, but it's um, coming together in a different way. Asian inspired barbecue. So barbecue evolving as well. Food as medicine, which has been on for a little bit. Entertainment. Eater, so think of restaurants, but in an entertaining way. So themes, ancient grains. And then this one that's really interesting. It's um, an evolution of the coastal grandmother and it's grandmother's cooking. Now, this is nostalgia um, mixed with value. So think of nostalgia with a twist, but value conscious. Because, you know, grocery prices are like crazy. Everything is so expensive and people are really trying to watch it. So how can they, you know, make a meal that's value conscious, but they don't feel like they're, you know, skimping. And, you know, so what is that about? So that's the sort of uh, grandmother effect of cooking. But I'm not going to go into any more on that. I want to really focus on the tin foods and the non-alcoholic spirits and the mushroom mania, because I think these are really kind of interesting. So, yes. No, I said, okay. <laughs> so Tim Foods, you know, everyone's seen the charcuterie boards, right? And the charcuterie boards have evolved to butter boards. And if you think of the next evolution, it's Tin Foods. And Tin Foods are really interesting. They're the tuna, sardines. They're the anchovies, the caviar. Think about these things. They last a long time. You can store them. You can always have them on hand. So if you have an impromptu, you know, people dropping over, you can take your board, you can set up your tin foods and put it with little crackers and you can have a party, right? Easy. Yeah. Um, have you heard about the caviar bump? I haven't. I feel out of it. Do tell. 
Well, this is a crazy, and I, I want to say this is almost a bit of a fad. So we'll see how long this sticks around. But Fair enough. another Fair way enough. to enjoy caviar, you don't need to have the dainty little spoon and all the little toppings in the carrier, but you put a little caviar right on your hand right here, and you sort of lick it off your hand. And it's the salt of your skin with the caviar gives it an amazing flavor. So they say. I have not partaken in this, but it's an interesting Gen X way of having caviar. And you said Gen X. Yes. So that's not the Gen Z of my son, mm -hmm. but a little bit, a Younger. little bit more mature individual, or, you know, yeah. older, older folks. Yeah, I guess they, not they, they too, will. Not too old, but a yeah, little bit right. older than the college exactly. age because they can afford the caviar, right? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And that's called a caviar bump. That's called a caviar bump. Okay. All right. What else you got? So the non-alcoholic spirits, again, this is being driven by the Gen X and it's the desire. And if you remember, I've spoken about sober curiosity and, you know, everyone indulges in um, the holiday time in January. They want to cut back. They want to be a little bit more healthy, wellness focused. So they're you know not going to have any alcohol. That's where this sort of trend has um, started and taken off. And it's now not just in January, it's all year round. So think of, you know, the mocktails, but in a more contemporary way. So you enjoy these cocktails, but you want to have it non-alcoholic. So you can have them exactly the same way, just sans the alcohol. And companies like Pepsi have come out with drinks called Aqua Fresca, which Fresca, which is originally a Mexican drink, but it's water with flavors, basically. And it can come in a sparkling or a non-sparkling. And you get these fun flavors and it's it's a way of having it refreshing and you feel good about it. Have you heard about the dirty sodas? That I have. Dirty sodas <laughs> started out in Utah and it consists of, it could be a seltzer or it could be a, a soda itself, adding different flavors or cream to it. So it's called the dirty soda and dirty soda shops have opened up all over in you know, Oklahoma and Texas and Arizona. And it's actually one of the top searches um, by Yelpers. Huh. Is that right? I'm going to go on to mushroom mania. So this is interesting. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen all the articles about different types of mushrooms, different varieties being found, but with vegan and vegetarianism, you know, at really raising rates, it's mushrooms are a way of getting sort of that meaty flavor and it's adding lots of great flavor. But where it's it's expanding to is in different categories. So you're seeing mushroom leather used in um, vegan leather um, and being sold in cars, in clothing. You're seeing mushrooms being used in the medical area 
by um, psychiatrists to help with people with severe depression or anxiety. So um, it's interesting to see as mushrooms are expanding away from just food, but in medical and in sort of fabrics. So what I would say in the um, food trends and how people should think about them is, and I used to do this um, when I was at Campbell's, you know, what are the content that can be created to hit some of these trends? What are um, even product ideas? And what you could do is create content that fits a trend and use that as a test to see if you should develop a product that you know meets that trend. So you're actually pre-testing it. Um, so I think trends are really helpful in you know product extensions or new ideas um, and content you could be leveraging. Um, so there's multiple ways of using that. Go ahead. I think we got one more to go, and that is the kitchen. So. The last area is hidden kitchens, and that's in the kitchen area. Okay. And this I find really interesting. And, you know, it's an evolution of the idea of butler pantries and um, being able to store and not have um, be caught off guard with not having the right um, ingredients you might need to make something, or if, you know, God forbid, there should be another lockdown and you shouldn't be able to get what you need in the grocery store. But that has moved to even bigger um, area where uh, designers like McGee and Company, uh, who have a Netflix show on um, the home makeover, and then the Jean Stouffer, who is on Max with her home renovation show, creating uh, rooms that are sort of hidden kitchens behind the kitchen uh, that house not only storage, but equipment and cooking um, tools so that you can prep and cook back there, thus keeping your kitchen clean and thus the um, not having the clutter so that when you're entertaining, everything can be happening in the hidden kitchen, it's closed off. And then, you know, as everyone does gather in the kitchen, you can gather in the kitchen and not feel bad that you have pots and pans in there. So what I found really interesting is sort of the uh, way um, the pantry and the kitchen are changing. They're morphing sort of into a kitchen is now become, or the pantry is now becoming a little bit of the kitchen and the kitchen is becoming more of the show place that you can entertain in. So what insight this could lead to, as you think about your products, the size and quantity you have, because you know people want more and um, want to have a backup, to how do you minimize the um, packaging and the reduce the waste in the trash? So knowing that people don't want clutter and um, being able to uh, handle that. So it's really interesting to see how the kitchen is evolving and even what the future kitchen will be. You know, it could be very standard in homes in the future where there are two kitchens. 
and they don't have to be large, but two kitchen spaces. So uh, I know I went over everything very quickly. And what I thought I would do is if anyone is interested in learning more, and I'm happy to offer up to the first five people, a 25 minute session where I can go deeper in these trends or answer any questions. If you just send me a note with some dates and times to Jane at smartkitcheninsights.com, I would be happy to uh, share. And also, if you are interested in um, the innovation uh, contest, if you send me a note at jane at smartkitcheninsights.com, I am more than happy to uh, connect you and get you the uh, links. So thank you, Denise. This was a lot of fun. And I uh, hope I get to come back again next time. Oh, my goodness. You're already on the calendar, Jane. Thank you. It's always, of course, fun, as you mentioned, and inspiring to chat with you. And I love these two little opportunities for folks to get a little bit more involved with you, the contest, and the you know, the opportunity to pick your brain for 25 minutes, I think is really generous of you. And I appreciate that. Again, that's at Jane at Smart Kitchen Insights, all one word, dot com. And thank you again for taking time out of your Friday night to uh, chat with us, Jane. I really appreciate it. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Benito. Thank you for your time. Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and it's their hydration multiplier That's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water, a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you've got to try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO 
and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MyCuriousColleague. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes.